Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World episode 104. I'm your host John Jordan and joining me today is Alex Paley from Far Away. How's it going Alex? Pretty good, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Our first podcast of uh, 2022. Um, got a whole bunch of stuff lined up. It's going to be a massive year for blockchain gaming, so, so glad you could come and join us. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking mainly, I guess, about, uh, well, talk a bit about your history, uh, which we'll get into quickly, and then mainly, I think, about Mini Royale, which is your uh, game browser shooter game you have live already, um, and it's one of the first games to launch on Solana, so plenty to talk about there. But uh, before that, uh, let's find out a little bit more about you. You have quite a history in the game space, so it's, if you can talk a bit about that but also also always interesting to know you know how how the blockchain bit sort of got added into the game the game bit um so yeah tell us a bit about your, your journey <laughs> yeah i guess i guess a long journey it's funny i actually started making uh mobile games back when i was in still in high school and this is is also with my co-founder so i started making these games back in computer science class and eventually graduated to more sophisticated games and cooler games and the types of games that i made back then i probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't put my name on today, but uh, no. So I was, uh, I guess, as far as my gaming history is concerned, um, I've always focused on mid-core games, so like RPGs or strategy games. Um, I was head of studio at Glue Mobile, and then before starting Far Away, I was uh, VP of product at Scopely in their mid-core division. So in that division, uh, like the games in that division include like WWE Champions game, The Walking Dead, uh, Looney Tunes, World of Mayhem and then a few games in the development. I also did a lot of work on their cross-platform initiatives, uh, along with my, my boss, Spencer Tucker, who, who's, who's awesome. And yeah. how, did, how did the blockchain bit come, up, come, come into yeah, that? So it, it, mix? Yeah, it, it's funny. I've actually been trying to do like blockchain games or build games with like open or peer-to-peer economies since my time at, at Glue. And I think okay. anybody at Glue, like, <laughs> if they were working with me, uh, and Dennis at the time, they know just how hard we pushed. I mean, we were meeting with Stellar um, and Ripple and all of the companies like back in the back of the day, meeting with Engine and Wax, just trying to figure out. Because I mean, if you if you have any experience in Bitcoin games, you know that like there are these like, gray market economies that always form outside of these outside of these games, whether it's you know gold farming or account boosting. Or you know, selling selling accounts, sell, trying to sell items like with PayPal payments. Um, and our view is that like these things should sort of be allowed. Like these are social interactions. These are like natural human interactions. Why are we trying to prevent them? Like why are we trying to prevent these types of things? Why are we trying to ban accounts for players doing these types of like natural things? Instead, can we actually? figure out a way to legitimize these things. Like, can we figure out a game design that actually like incentivizes social behavior and incentivizes people to do these like very social actions. Um, so this is what we were trying to do at Glue, basically use blockchain to use the blockchain to like legitimize gray market economies. Just because if, I mean, even if you look at some of the biggest MMOs today, like Guild Wars, for example, the economy that exists outside of Guild Wars is bigger than the economy that exists inside of Guild Wars. Um, obviously, Glue was a public company back then. Um, their their appetite for crypto risk uh, was was just <laughs> not there. And then at, at, then obviously this this carried forward to to Scopely, where we were doing a lot of work on the like how do NFTs and fungible tokens change like change game design um, and <clears throat> again. 
sort of uh, was running into the same thing where, like, unless we were doing this our, ourselves, we just couldn't move fast enough. Um, and that obviously led us to, to start far away. So at far away, we're the, the entire like, purpose of far away is making like extremely social games with player driven economies. And this is just something we've been thinking about for so long <clears throat> that Dennis and I, like we said in, I don't know, it's earlier this year, like before starting far away, if we don't do this now, like we're just never going to do it. So time to do it. Yeah. It's interesting to hear the sort of the, uh, yeah, the, the time you spent within these sort of organizations. Uh, and yeah. I guess I mean, it was very early days, so, so potentially you could argue sort of glue were, were correct not to indulge your sort of enthusiasm because to do something on... It would have been a mistake. Or yeah. back then, it I, kind of wouldn't I, have worked. I applaud them. Yeah, it would, have been a, it would have been a mistake back then. But still, like, I've always been super passionate about open economies. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, these were the types of things I did. I, I paid people to boost my accounts before. I've yeah. paid people for gold in World of Warcraft. Like yeah. I've paid people for all of these things and it's just natural and it's social. So I've always been a big believer in like enabling social activity and just mm -hmm. figuring out business models that work like yeah. with those types of activities. And it is, it is quite interesting, you know, that, you know, the, I think a fairly decent percentage of people certainly who got into sort of blockchain games in the early days sort of went through those experiences yeah they often talk about you know things they saw in in eve or you know i mean famously saw world of warcraft and sort of vitalik in um can't remember which game it was was it ever i think i think runescape ended up like bringing in a significant portion of the of the blockchain gaming crowd which is yeah, yeah. And, and so it is sort of interesting that that although i guess in the in the blockchain space we end up talking a lot about sort of, you know, sort of technology and chains and scaling solutions, all that sort of, you know, which is, you need that. But the, the sort of high level concept is really all about this stuff has happened in games since online games have been there. It's just the, just been outside of the sort of uh, legal scope of the publisher. Um, yes. and, and actually a lot of the sort of issues that have come around that have, have been because the, the publisher can't legally sort of take that on board and, and actually make a good consumer experience. So to some degree, I think there's blockchain's got a lot more, yeah, or the fact that the publisher would need to build all this functionality themselves, yeah. right, in order for it to make it happen. And with the blockchain, it's already on chain, and then it's yeah. it's up to the people or these other companies or people or whatever they want to call them, pseudonymous teams, like they can yeah. just sort of take that on chain data and figure out an interesting application for it. So instead of us having to build everything ourselves, I think uh, yeah, we we have you basically outsource that to the community. And I think we've gotten some very creative um, types of types of solutions and mechanics. So in terms of, you set up Far Away Games, I think in the summer of 2020, around that time, maybe? Summer 2021. 2021 even, goodness me, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Type of things move fast. Um, so yeah, was, was Mini Royale, which is a browser-based sort of a, a social shooter game, was that the obvious thing for you to do? Or was that sort of the, the thing you could get up and running fastest we'll talk a bit about no this is yeah, around this that like very calculated um so we knew we <laughs> wanted to go after like mid-core games like yeah. basically games with more complex economies yeah. um we knew we eventually wanted to get into a more like, complex strategy game yeah but we knew that onboarding people into a strategy game day one like just like if you if you you, you know forex games right the yeah, yeah. types of people that play forex forex games they're very niche yeah. um but we knew we wanted to eventually end up with a strategy game that was like a very, very deep economy. 
Um, but the best way to onboard people into like a very deep economy is probably not through a very complex forex strategy onboarding. So instead of doing that, like we said, okay, what is a very mass market, um, easy to hop into genre, but is still a mid-core genre that can eventually, you know, funnel into a more robust, you know, deep economy like strategy game. And for us, that was a shooter. Like there is like no genre that is easier to onboard into than a shooter, right? It's like seven out of the top ten games on Twitch are shooters for a reason, just because they're they're so easy to understand how to play. Um, and I think if you look at you know mobile install volumes for shooters, it's it's insanity, right? Compare that, compare the install volume of like even like a tier two like mobile shooter, and compare that yeah. to Game of War, right, or, or, or Rise of Kingdoms. Yeah. I think you're going to see orders of magnitude difference, just because everybody understands how to play a shooter. People don't have to learn how to like all the different mechanics to, to even start playing. It's like a very very fast time to fun. So that sort of led us into this, and into this decision, right? It's like if we want to eventually get into a much deeper economic endgame, the best way for us to funnel players into that economic endgame is through a very easy to onboard shooter. So you've been operating Mini Royale, um, I guess, um, not quite sure when it launched, but again, sort of in the summer. So you're getting on for probably five-ish months. So for the first few months, there was basically no blockchain in there at all. Yeah. The first NFT, first NFT drop happened in in December. So, um, I guess that's the first sort of touch point you have, sort of with the community and and and, and sort of people paying for stuff and, and then seeing how the economics of that sort of system works. So, yeah. so how's that how's that been going? Yeah, that, that was that was calculated too. Um, yeah. One of the things that we were pretty weary of initially, right, is is on basically having a community and telling them this is going to be, you know there's going to be NFTs and fungible tokens and all of these things with so much hype around them. Telling that from day one, we're obviously just going to get a ton of people asking like when token, when airdrop, when white. Yes. And for us, like making the game fun and social is first and foremost, like if you don't have that, you have nothing. Um, so it was very important for us to build like the initial, like the initial, like, uh, like basically the fundamental layer of our community. Uh, we wanted that to be made up of people that are purely playing the game because it's fun and their friends are there. Um, and only after we felt like secure enough that we had that good foundation did we make the announcement that, hey, we are, there's actually going to be a truly open and robust and complex economy that's going to be layered onto it. And this economy is going to be powered by the Solana blockchain. Yeah. But for us, it's been always about like we are doing everything in the interest of open economies and we're not really like advertising. This is a blockchain game or a play to earn game or this has NFTs. No. We're just saying that in order for this game to be an open economy day one without us having to build all of these, all of this functionality ourselves, we're going to put everything on chain. And then that is going to enable like an open economy by default. So that's, uh, that's sort of been our thought process as we, you know, as we grow Mini Royale. Mm -hmm. We'll get a bit more into sort of how, how you're playing that out and, and what's sort of the future roadmap is but i guess certainly sort of my um my sort of attention was was, was sort of peaked i mean obviously you guys forgot to mention you've raised like 30 million dollars of vc funding so that's a, a pretty, yeah. pretty decent decent chunk of change um so that's, you've got some pretty uh high profile backers um and and really you know there's lots of projects sort of that have nfts and things you know tokens live on solana but it seems to me at least you're 
if not the the most advanced one of the most advanced that actually has like a, a live game which actually is doing something with the blockchain um so ha can you talk a little bit about um sort of solana um you know maybe you chose it because it has the best funding i mean there's nothing wrong with that but maybe there's some other reasons as well so have you found solana what did you what do you choose for solana have, have you found it and you know what do you think about that as a sort of gaming ecosystem yeah i mean it's sort of shaping up honestly to be the gaming chain so yeah. I think when you talk about like solana it comes down to or at least our thought process when choosing the chain it was yeah we're making a multiplayer game with like an extremely complex economy where there's going to be tons of transactions per second. We yeah. need a chain that is extremely fast. We need yeah. a chain where each transaction is extremely cheap. And we also need to make sure that the other people building on that chain are giving us a lot of the tools that we need to yeah. you know, execute on the, the actual making of the game. Um, so when you look at Solana, right, it's 65,000 transactions per second, which is orders of magnitude above yeah. any of the other chains. Right, it's extremely cheap, right, mm -hmm. versus the other chains. And then when you talk about like the overall like, ecosystem momentum, basically who else is building there, right? It's you know it's the number two chain in terms of NFT volume, number three chain I believe in terms of DeFi volume. Um, and then we had we, we basically what we were seeing is like the best tools were coming out. It's like the Phantom Wallet, right? By yeah, far, sure. like the best Web three wallet. Like the Magic Eden Marketplace, like by far in my opinion, like an extremely polished like marketplace experience. Um, and then you have other people, you know, coming coming to build on the chain that are making even even cooler experiences. So I think that the people building on Solana um, have been have been amazing. The community has been amazing. Um, the Solana team has been extremely helpful. So yeah, it, made, it was a it was a pretty easy choice for us. Cool. Um, so at the, at the moment. You know, you can people can sign up uh, uh, without owning any NFTs and just play kind of kind of mini royale as, as a normal game. And you you have you know the, the typical things you'd, you'd expect sort of like daily rewards and you sort of got a soft currency. You don't you don't have this sort of marketplace yet at the moment, but you can um, link through to, to marketplaces like um, Magic Eden or Fractal. I guess is, is, is the yeah. new one there, and you can buy the NFTs. Um, can't remember how many there were, a few thousand, um, and kind of floor price is about four hundred dollars at the moment. So um, you know. There's been a sort of a decent sort of uptick there from the from the mint price. Um, sort of what comes next? So obviously that's yeah that's something sort of up and running. I guess we call that a, a minimum viable product to some degree. Um, how yeah. do the next layers come in? Yeah, so next big layers for us are right. We started off with our PVP oriented shooter. Um, next big layers are clans, okay, land, and then all of the things that are built on top of the, this combination of clan and land. So yeah. that's, we have an alliances mechanic, which is basically a, a guild of guilds. Um, you take over other nations with either your clan or your alliances. Those nations give you boosts. We're about to release a, a, an updated version of the white paper, um, probably, okay. probably next month, which, which maps out you know, all of these different mechanics. It's just whitepaper.miniroyale.io. But yeah, for, for us, like, Obviously, you know, we, we have to continue to polish the, the, the core experience, which is the shooter, and it's the first thing that everybody sees when they enter the game. But after that, it's really about funneling people through this, like, mid-game, and then eventually to the Elder game, which is around, like, land, territory capture, territory control, forming alliances, and all of the interesting social things that happen when, you know, you're, you're trying to take over somebody else's territory. Which is much more playing into that 4X sort of, sort of a 
mess exactly. that we talked about before. And, and, and one of the things that, you know, we, we noticed even back when we were, you know, we were at Blue, it's like the types of people that are like trying to, you know, that are like leveraging these gray market economies. It's like, they are really important players or, you know, playing Eve, right? It's like the best player in Eve is a person that doesn't even log into the game anymore. I think at a certain point, um, your play habits change, right? It's yeah. so like you go from playing the core moment to moment, and then you obviously start playing these more social and economic elements of the game. Um, and there should be something for everybody, especially when a lot of the people playing these Web3 games are sort of these investor economic oriented types. Um, and these people are also important to the community too, right? It's like they're just playing a game in a different way. Um, and these people might not be like, they might not want to play the shooter at all. They might just want to play this economic side of the game. And that's awesome. And we want to build a game that also can accommodate those, you know, those player archetypes as well. Yeah. 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 yeah and I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, you were saying you guys don't really sort of promote yourself as sort of play to earn although i guess we'll talk about tokens um in a minute but um and in sense yeah every blockchain game has sort of a pay to earn element in the sense that there, there typically is some sort of whether it's a token or an nft that can be sort of uh sort of um you know earned through gameplay or or, or, or leveled up or something like that, that then can be sort, sort of sold off but but you actually the problem you have is, is if you just have that based on gameplay and you don't have these other sort of layers coming in and these other people who sort of accumulating assets for mm. different different things, then the whole thing becomes you know the whole thing you know can't scale properly because just you just have ex- extraction all the time. Yeah, so I think that's sort of something in general that the I feel the blockchain game sort of sector is is sort of learning at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the people building these games like haven't also built games before. So yeah. it's like for, for us, if a person's generating a ton of NFTs, like we, we have two things that we need to do. Like we need to give them a reason to hold a lot of NFTs, basically stimulate yeah. roster breadth, give them a reason to expand their roster because of different game mechanics that need big rosters. Yeah. Or we need to give them a reason to burn NFTs. And we've been thinking about like a crafting system, right? Diablo has this mechanic called a Heradric Cube. Um, that was in Diablo 2, which is essentially you put a bunch of things into a cube, all of those things get crafted and disappear, you burn all those things, and then something, some better item um, gets yeah. formed after burning all those things. And it's an interesting mechanic, especially when you think about like NFTs, because a substantial portion of the NFTs are, are NFTs that people earn by playing the game. Um, so in order to not have an oversupply um, and, 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 you know, and, cr- and crash the market because there's an oversupply of NFTs, you need a combination of things that you know, stimulate roster breadth and then burning mechanics. Mm-hmm. I guess the other nice thing about burning mechanics is you can also um, sort of take if if games. On, I don't know if you guys do, but if games have sort of utility tokens which don't which are deserve to be used, but but generally accumulate over time, you can then then access another a sink for NFTs and also sort of tokens. So you sort of get yeah. the sort of double double sort of combination, which obviously people like Axie are sort of talking about now, and I think have always had in their plans. But you can, it's, yeah. I, I, I guess I I think that this is going to be interesting because we're going to. We're going to see sort of, I think, some very basic gameplay templates be laid out by, you know, the, 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 sort of the better projects. And, the, and so this time sure. year, everyone, everyone, will be, everyone will be copying sort of what, what you guys, you proper game designers sort of came up with. Yeah. And I think like a lot of this, I mean, there are some things where like Web3 like greatly differs from like free-to-play game design. But yeah. then there are some things that are sort of like fundamentals, right? It's like having yeah. a balance between your sources and sinks. Like yeah. just like in an IRL economy. It's like if you kept yeah. getting paid money, but you had nowhere to spend it, obviously that's a 
game breaking, life breaking, economy breaking type of thing. Yeah. So like when you design any game or any like economy, making sure you have a balance of your sources and sinks or sinks and faucets, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I mean, more, more generally in 2021, we've seen this sort of massive increase in, in, you know, people coming still from the crypto side, trying to make games, which I think is not going to turn out terribly well. We've, we've seen the start of the, you know, of people like kind of you, you know, 10, 10 or so years experience making proper games coming into blockchain. That's all been sort of wrapped up in some sort of backlash against NFTs. Um, you know, when you're talking to, to people in the industry who you sort of work with who are still in the traditional space, you know, do you think, do you think there's still a lot of uh, res um, sort of uh, resistance against this or is is that is that just what we're seeing on sort of the, the loud people on Twitter who like to complain? Um, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot to definitely un unpack here, but yeah. I think one of the things that people are reacting to is that like you shouldn't retrofit like no. a, 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 an existing game, an existing game economy with NFTs. Like it doesn't really work, and I think a lot of players are viewing it as just a cash grab. Like yeah. you know, like why did they need to retrofit Ghost Recon? Right with like, with NFTs, like it wasn't necessary. Um, but if you were going to build a ground up, like build a game ground up to mm. leverage like NFTs and fungible tokens as a core part of the economy, and for us, like our game doesn't work without NFTs and fungible tokens. I think if you're building it in that way, um, players will get it. If you're not, and it's just layering on or trying to retrofit. Like a, mm. like a crypto or Web three economy into a free to play economy, like I, I think it, it's coming off as like a cash grab, and also like it just doesn't work while you're playing the game. Mm. Um, so I think that that's a big thing. And then, like obviously, there's been it's it, it's funny because like there's a lot of projects I think that like don't have anything right and. <laughs> Right. They, they, tokens. they don't have a game, like the white paper isn't mapped out, like I have no understanding of the system design, um, never mind the actual economy balance. Hmm. And I think a lot of people are seeing back, you know, I think we can just rewind back to 2017 ICOs. Yeah. Right? At a, the fundamental idea of an ICO is not bad. It's just a lot of people were doing ICOs that shouldn't have been doing ICOs and they were using it to scam people. I think we're seeing a lot of that right now in, in in this whole like NFT gaming or Web3 gaming side of things where a lot of people are viewing it as like get rich quick. Like, hey, if I just introduce NFTs into my game or do an NFT drop, I'm gonna make a million bucks. Um, I think we actually, you know, like, I've been talking to a lot of people recently and it's almost like we need another like crypto winter yeah. to weed out a lot of these projects that like aren't doing them for the right reason. It's like, yeah, yeah if, you, if you're not leveraging like NFTs or fungible tokens in the right way, or if you're not really serious about making a game and you're not going to ship a game in like a in a legitimate timeline, then you shouldn't be doing this. So that's why you know one of the things that we wanted to do immediately is we wanted to ship fast because there was so much noise where you know. You almost had no clue whether the game was ever going to be released, whether there was even a team behind the game. Mm. Um, so for us, it's like we wanted to show like one, there is a game, and how do you know? It's because go to miniwarealt.io and play it. 
So you don't have to worry about the game never existing. And for us, like we were very transparent that we are the fully doxed team yeah. behind Mini Royale. So if you want to understand why you should believe that we have made we can make this game and we can make an awesome virtual economy, it's because like we've done it before. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that it's just a really long-winded way of saying that. Um, I think there's a lot of like FUD right now in the space because mm. a lot of the people making these games probably shouldn't. And yeah. a lot of these games are just never going to come out. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, I think going to burn uh, the rest of the people. I mean, I, th- I think in, in a sense, you know, with ICOs, it, it sort of, you know, it, it, in the end, it just sort of has to burn itself out because, you know, at, at some point, basically anyone who can write, write a white paper has written a white paper and, and sort I mean, of raised the money. Is where they'll write a white paper for you. Right. Yeah. Oh, once, no, exactly. you start, yeah. once you start getting to this point in time, you sort of need some event to like reset it and make sure that the people that stay, like they're definitely staying for the right reason. They're staying because mm-hmm. they're passionate about open economies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the people that aren't passionate and here for the long run, like they're out. And I think that's mm-hmm. a much healthier ecosystem to build in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the, the, the sort of sadder situation I, I find is people who are sort of really passionate about it often they come from the crypto side and have managed to you know, somehow raise you know fairly decent sums of money but they, they've never even been in a company before let alone built a game you know yeah so so you know clearly no matter how sort of honest they are the yeah. the, the, the inexperience is is makes them um you know effectively act the same as a scam because exactly you just know nothing's nothing's going to come out of the end of it and, and they're making an mmorpg and it's going to exactly so people next are, thursday you know I mean, some people, right, you look at their game design and you're like, wow. I look at some things and I'm just like, wow, I don't even know how to start here. Or it's like, <laughs> what, what, is the, what is the actual product you're going to release first and then build on top of? It's, it's like they're designing the game 20 years into development mm-hmm. um, that it's, it's sort of difficult to even understand the game they're going to release day one. Um, although there is there's an interesting sort of counter counter meme argument to that which is sort of sort of the star citizen sort of uh, approach which is the the, yeah. the game the game is the meta to whether the game ever comes out so you sort of you keep you keep acquiring nft nfts and, uh, and tokens for this thing that sort of everyone at some point realizes is never going to come out but it's sort of the yeah. you know, the meta of the game is the fact that the game never comes out and these people are still you know, diamond hands, diamond hands, everyone. You know, which is sort of you know, if you can pull that off, sort of, sort of good luck to you. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think your your hands stop being diamond at some point, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think um, it's the only thing that keeps, like, in my opinion, at least, and I think De- Dennis and obviously I, I have the same opinion here. Like the best way to ensure that people's hands remain diamond mm. is to continue shipping updates week by yeah. week and showing them like we are putting our blood, sweat, and tears like behind shipping the game that the community wants. Like that is the only way, continuing to reassure with actual tangible progress that we are we are making this game and working hard. And that's the only way to do that is by shipping. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's talk a bit about Robot then. What, what can you tell us about uh, sort of what's, what's coming and if you have sort of dates, that would be even better, but. Yeah, so, so Q1 for us is really all about um, polish, stability, bug fixes, anti-cheat, um, and then we're going to be rolling out a, a few features that are related to like, new game modes. Basically just like making sure that this core like shooter experience that players are going to onboard into is you know, a, a, as polished as it could possibly be. 
Um, in the first half of this year, we're going to be releasing our tokens, so our fungible tokens. Um, those tokens, that we have a governance token called Royales. Mm -hmm. We have an inflationary utility token called Cheddar. Um, so that's first half of this year. And basically, as soon as those tokens are released, that allows us to you know, really accelerate a lot of the development around like land and plans, just yeah. because these tokens power a lot of the okay. a lot of the stuff that happens in, on, on land, right? It's like on land you have buildings, you level up those buildings, you're taking over other land. There's a cost to doing everything, mm -hmm. um, and that cost is is denominated in our in our fungible tokens. Um, and then, so yeah, I guess first quarter of this year, all around like core gameplay, moment to moment. Um, second quarter and, and third quarter is really all going to be about like land and, and social gameplay. So land, clans, alliances, nations, etc. Mm -hmm. And I guess throughout that, we have more NFT drops, yeah. do we? More avatar drops? Exactly. So the our game is broken into seasons. Um, we have like seasons as like a thematic wrapper. Right now we're in season one, which is uh, like a Vikings season. Um, we are going to be, we're still figuring out exactly a season cadence where we're thinking about like two and a half months, um, maybe even three months for, for a season, but yeah, every season. Um, will be started off with a new NFT drop and a new season, like a new season theme. Um, so our, our NFTs, I think it's, this is also something that we differ from other gaming projects. Okay? So we have a premium collection of NFTs, which are NFTs that have these holding benefits. These are NFTs you would buy in the drop, like or on you know the Magic Eden Launchpad, right? Or on our own site. Mm. And then we have something we call our loot collection NFTs. Yeah. Um, these are NFTs that players earn from grinding the battle pass, playing in season quests, um, winning in clan wars or other types of social mechanics. Um, so yeah, every season has its own premium drop, which is sort of starts off the season. And then w inside that season, you're, you're earning um, loot collection NFTs, which give you like in-game utility. And you've had, some of the loot collection ones have already dropped, haven't they? Some of the gun gun skins and um, yeah, yeah. Skins so, yeah, so we've done a few things. So we have a premium collection. That premium collection has holding benefits. Some of those holding benefits are actually like you will get airdropped gun skins or okay. additional items. And then our loot collection, people have already started earning those uh, playing the battle pass or season quests. And at the end of the season, as long as you you know aren't a cheater, you get your chance to mint uh, all of those NFTs. And, and and I guess partly because I'm interested in it and partly because of your history, um, does mobile sit on the roadmap or where does mobile sit on the roadmap? I mean, I, I come from a, a mobile free-to-play background. So obviously, you, you know, I'm very passionate about mobile. Um, mm -hmm. But I think obviously being in mobile so long, you know, um, if Apple doesn't have a business plan or a way to make your business model work, they might just hold it up in the review process for in, until they do. So our, our goal with going browser, right? It's a mini Royale is a, is a browser-based first-person shooter. That was, you know, also calculated because we knew that, like, if the platforms don't have a an exact take on how they're going to handle like blockchain gaming, it's better to stay away from these platforms until they do. And the one platform that's outside of all of the other walled gardens is is the browser. So it's Steam banned NFTs. Yeah. Apple doesn't really have a have an exact like public facing plan for that. With an Android app, you have to sideload an Android app, which is what uh, obviously what, what Axie Infinity does. Um, but, you know, 
I think this just goes back into our company mission. Like our company mission has been making like hyper-social games. And I think when you talk about which is the most social platform, it's always going to be the browser, right? I can share a link and you can hop into Mini Royale with me in seconds, right? There are no hardware requirements for playing a browser game. So it's available to all people in all geos, like with all, you know, with all tiers of hardware. So it's like, you don't have to have the best NVIDIA graphics card, which I definitely don't um, to play these games. So we just want a ton of people like having fun and playing together. Mm-hmm. I mean, impossible question to answer. I mean, do, do, how quickly do you think that um, sort of the Apples and the Googles uh, either, you know, either sort of, I mean, surrender is the wrong word. It just sort of, sort of go, our business model, our 30% business model is, is legacy now. We have to sort of think of another way of doing it. Or or a a, a credible sort of uh, competitor comes in and says, blockchain is going to be really big. We're going to mm-hmm. need a new business model. And, you know, and, and there's just a you know something else that everyone sort of goes through. Okay. Is, that, is, that, is that this year or is that five years time? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's this year. I think there's, there's a lot to figure out there um, for, for, for them. Right, because are they going to start accepting like for for us right it's like all our quote unquote like microtransactions are in the form of our fungible tokens yeah. so is apple going to pay themselves in our royales token like they need to figure out a, a lot here um i think in order for them to to make this work it's a completely it's a complete like paradigm shift um i, I don't think it's going to be in the next 12 months but obviously they, they will figure it out um obviously with uh you know, now you can take web, web payments, right? So Apple caved a little mm-hmm. bit on, on that. That probably opens the, the road for some other forms of payments like crypto. Uh, but I think it's going to be like a slow transition to like a fully formed, like bulletproof, like, hey, this is exactly what you do if you mm-hmm. are trying to make a blockchain game that is available on the App Store. Mm-hmm. And actually thinking about it, probably we we'll look back at the app, the app store sort of model as being a, a, a thing of its time. And, mm-hmm. and probably we won't have, we won't have a, hopefully a duopoly of app stores. We, you just won't yeah. have that, that, that centralized distribution model. We ha- it'll be much more messy, but it'll be various degrees of openness. Yeah. And I think like when you think about it, the app, like the app store, it gives you distribution, yeah. but the app store also takes 30%. So in my mind, I can probably get equivalent, if not better distribution, by just giving that 30% to the community. Yeah. Um, so I think that's another way we've been thinking about it. It's like, mm. we're a browser game, we have an additional 30% to play with, we can probably get a much stronger, like bought-in community by giving it back. And I think blockchain gaming or Web3 gaming, whatever you want to call it, is really all about community and getting people invested in both your game and the economy that you're building. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. We we can't have a podcast without without sort of ending ending about it's all about community. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. That's, that's the law now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. It's uh, for for free to play. Like I've never seen discords like this. It's, it's insanity. Um, it's like you have a discord almost because like you have to, not because you want to be like super active in it. Um, but uh, yeah, now it's like I sort of live in Discord. It's like everybody is contributing like. We have like player councils now constantly in Discord where we're you know asking for feedback, just making sure. I mean, we've sort of set out this the way that we've been building Mini Royale, you know, saying like, hey, this is this is early, but we're going to show you we have something, and then you're going to help us like contribute feedback so that we build it without having to wonder like, are we doing the right thing? Because yeah. 
you know, wondering just uh, is not really the <laughs> the best way to, to build a product. Mm. And, I, and I guess it is interesting, particularly in your case, where, you know, you have a live product, but you don't really have, you know, no one's earning from it. So I guess you could always argue in blockchain is there's always that extra incentive that at some point people who get early into a discord will somehow, you know, I don't know, get it, get some sort of extra sort of in on, on whatever's going on. But but for you guys, you know, that, that it's a bit too early for that. So so in a sense, you're sort of getting the best of both worlds that you're getting people who are interested because there may be some sort of payoff late, further down the line. But at the moment, they are actually just sort of interested in it. And I think you know, yeah. generally the best crypto games sort of blockchain games sort of have 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 that there is an enthusiasm about the sector from a certain group of people. And that's that is actually slightly unrelated to material gain, I think. Yeah, and I mean, people are earning NFTs like by playing for a battle pass or season quest. So they, they could, in theory, like, trade those like, yeah. right after they mint them. So there is some earning component even still. Obviously, when the fungible tokens are introduced, like the earning component is like exemplified, right? It just becomes like a, a very, very tangible thing. Um, but yeah, right now, like, I, I've been pretty happy with the fact that like, our, our Discord is, is still, it feels like a gaming Discord. Where people are providing like feedback on weapon balance and like system design and compensation for for bugs, you know, it's uh, it feels like a gaming Discord versus a lot of these other Discords, which just feel like how how am I going to make money today? Yeah. Um, so I've been yeah we've we've done a, like our community manager and, and the rest of the team has has been doing a good job there. When moons, sir. Obviously, that's, that's the only, only question anyone anyone gets about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Cool. Thank you uh, so much, Alex. We'll have to get you back on um, in uh, six months' time when, when some of these uh, some of these questions are a bit more live, and uh, that'll be fascinating to see. But uh, thank you very much for your time. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, watching and and listening through the various. Uh, ways in which the uh, podcast is distributed um hope you're enjoying this every every week we are talking to people who are building out this crazy blockchain game sector lots of different views on, on how, where we should be going no one really knows the right answer we're all sort of sort of learning and um, hopefully enjoying the ride um so come back next week see what's going on see you then Bye.